We have a big 3-2 pitch coming here from Eckersley. Gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field. This is going to be a home run. Unbelievable. A home run for Gibson. And the Dodgers have won the game 5-4. I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. Is this really happening, Bill? It is happening, and this got to help him home. The third place coach, uh, Joe Malfitano, has given him a little push, and all the Dodgers are around home plate. I don't believe what I just saw. One of the most remarkable finishes to any World Series game. A one-handed home run by Kirk Gibson, and the Dodgers have won it. Five to four, and I am stunned, Bill. I have seen a lot of dramatic finishes in a lot of sports, but this one might top almost every other one. Welcome to the second edition of Hot Takes Corner. It's a discussion of the game we know and love that on a particular day in 1839 was story to have began in Cooperstown, New York, though many historians have now successfully debunked that and we simply must attempt to describe what has evolved into an amazing athletic strategy contest that begins every spring and ends in the chill of every fall. Joining me in this journey are two gentlemen I've enjoyed sharing daily text conversations with. And I've met him through the primarily video game live streaming website platform known as Twitch.tv. Uh, surrounding a particular base- baseball uh, video game called MLB The Show, I would credit my first introduced co-host with bringing the three of us and some others that we talk about baseball with together as we watched him play the show. And he still does it on Twitch. Amos, will you share with our audience a bit more about yourself, buddy? Greetings, ladies and germs. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about myself. And... Uh, I'm Amos. I started loving baseball in 1998. The first game I ever watched was the Cubs and the Astros, Kerry Woods' 20-game strikeout performance. Um, And I've just been a Cubs fan ever since. I'm not a bandwagon, so you can shut up with that. (laughs) And uh, Sorry, this is great. I'm from Georgia. I'm 28 years old. um, I'm married. I have a kid, and uh, they're they're both slowly getting into baseball as well. uh, I don't really know what else to say besides uh, go Cubs, and I think baseball's the greatest game out there, hands down. Awesome. So, uh, can you share a couple of things about like your 2016 uh, World Championship experience? Oh my gosh, I'll never forget where I was. I was uh, sitting in our apartment that we lived in at the time, and uh, I was the only one home. Vanessa was at work. Leo wasn't with us yet, but uh, I was sitting at home. Uh, just watching, and when I saw Rajay Davis hit that home run off Chapman, I was like, "It's over." I mean, there's there if they're if they're gonna hit off Chapman, that's it. And then Zobris came through with that big hit, and it was it was just oh man, it was. I was waiting to wake up. I never thought I'd see it that soon, but for me, that soon. But I know there's people out there that have waited almost a hundred years to see them win. So, um, but it was it was so it was so great to see. All right, well, buddy, thanks for uh, coming aboard. Uh, other co-hosts coming from the great country of Canada. I think I can safely speak for Amos as well in saying we're very glad to have him aboard. Uh, Ray, can you share a bit about yourself with our audience? Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, thank you, all you who do choose to listen to us. Baseball for me, I uh, I wasn't really born into it. I mean, as you know, I'm Canadian, so it's kind of <laughs> hockey was, for us, it's hockey, hockey, everything. 
I mean, me skating was like a kind of like a <clears throat> tractor trying to go on the ice. So I never really took too much to hockey. Baseball, I, I more. I mean, I used to sit around with my dad when I was little, watch games. My dad was always a big, big Blue Jay fan. He was at the World Series '93. He was at the game. I actually, funny enough, I'm a Blue Jays fan now. I didn't start with the Blue Jays. I actually started with the Expos. I used to sit with my grandfather in his kitchen. He would have the radio in one ear with the game on, and then it'd be on the TV. And grow up with the Expos. I played baseball basically my whole life, and I don't know. I'm probably going to get deported soon because baseball's one and hockey's two. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, it's good good to have someone aboard uh, that uh, can share that knowledge uh, and uh, love of the game. Well, again, uh, I'm honored to be joined by you both uh, to share something about myself. Uh, I grew up in the southern part of Minnesota on the farm. My love for sports began in my teenage years as a fan of the Minnesota Twins. My first memories had this uh, larger-than-life to me first baseman named Kent Herbeck. Uh, to this day, he remains a very big idol of my childhood with a lot of memories included through my teens. Once I got to interview my hero in person as a radio broadcasting student, and uh, of course, in 1987, during my sophomore year in high school, Herbeck and the Twins had defeated St. Louis for their first world title. In the spring, summer, and fall of the year after that winter caravan interview experience, the team provided me with my favorite sports-watching memories by winning an epic seven games. Uh, home teams went out World Series in 1991. Uh, my 15-year radio career saw me listening to a lot of Twins games at the two network affiliate stations I worked for. Ironically, the first part of my career ended because of the technological abilities that were put in place <laughs> to make it uh, so people could listen uh, to the game. Uh, I would not have... Yeah, but I managed to keep broadcasting. Uh, I got it as a hobby. Uh, first, a streaming station called Radio Riff. That's where I formed the persona you know as DJ Ingve. And uh, Ingve is named after a Swedish heavy metal guitar virtuoso, if you don't didn't know that. Uh, Swain, the last, chain, last name of a San Francisco, California-based virtual reality internet world called Second Life. Uh, it's a shoutcast portal of Radio Riff, and it hosts a virtual club for dwellers to go to for myself and uh, others. Uh, and uh, now I'm known as Amish Guy after a Twitch broadcasting uh, thing going myself. Uh, these are fun hobbies, but I'm uh, falling in love with this current hobby now. And that's talking about the great American pastime of baseball with you guys. So let's get to it. And we start in the American League this time. The Eastern Division sees Boston first sweeping the Nationals through the fourth a three-game sweep against the Royals. They're going for their third sweep in a row with the Rangers as we broadcast this. It's an eight-game win streak. Uh, Mookie Betts, 346. The Red Sox, three and a half ahead of the second-place Yankees. Uh, Amos, uh, can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the AL East this week? Uh, well, when it comes to this week, it's it's still a dogfight. I think that's what's going to be what's going to happen the rest of the season. It's going to be Boston, New York, taking you know, punching each other and taking hits, taking blows and dealing blows and uh it's going to be really interesting to see what happens at the trade deadline um because it, it, there's going to be no clear winner this is probably going to go down to literally the last game of the season when they face off um so you, you got those and then you got the Tampa Bay Rays in third they're they're not doing so bad right now compared to what they could be doing uh they're on a five game winning streak they just beat Detroit today um yeah it's really a shame. It's it's a shame for them that they're stuck in this division because they have the they have the talent to be a good team, but uh, they're just such borrowed down between uh, under two heavier teams, if you will. 
and then uh, we got the other two teams that uh, I'm not going to talk about the Blue Jays, but uh, oh no, <laughs> no, no, I, I just you know, <laughs> I it's not my duty to talk about the Blue Jays. I do not want to insult the Blue Jays. Um, well, they I'll say suck, this, so you can. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say this. If I had everyone, I, I think, I think, uh, as Ray mentioned in the first episode of the podcast, that uh, they they could have been a, a pretty good contender. But uh, I think the injury bug has just taken out more bite than anything else. And then the Orioles are just the Orioles. They're still mm. terrible. They're still bad. I'm one sure. of two, one of two teams aside from Kansas City that's sitting with twenty six wins. So that tells you the season Baltimore's having. Ouch. Well, what else are you seeing in the in the East there, Ray? <clears throat> Same, I mean, I almost said it pretty well. The only the, – the, it's kind of a crapshoot. Not not the whole division, like 1-2 Boston, New York, kind of a crapshoot type thing. The only thing that – I mean, they're pitching, they're hitting, is, it's pretty even. The only thing that did stand out when you look up the stats, runners in scoring position, it's a bit of a gap between the two. Boston, for instance, mm. they have 368 runs with runners in scoring position. And New York's got 299 runs with runners in scoring position. So I think that's why you're sort of seeing uh, you're seeing Boston where they are, New York in second. It's just, but but we all know. I mean, New York's not really a. They're not known for being you know a big like Kansas City in 2015, for instance. They had the least home runs in MLB and still won a World Series because they put guys on over the plate with the runners scoring position. Yeah. Whereas New York is more of a home run home run team. There's a reason they lead the MLB with home runs right now. And the baby bombers. Good old Yankee Stadium. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. The baby bombers. You know, yeah. Or... I mean, they got 151 home runs right now, the Yankees do. So that tells you the crazy kind of kind of team they kind of are. Do you, do you have in front of you who has second? Uh, Ooh, no, good question. That is a good question. If you don't, I was just wondering because it, it – it's probably a big margin. <laughs> I believe it is. Yeah, what's the, I wonder what the gap would be. That's a good question. We can look that up, actually, as we speak right now. Because these, these guys have so much muscle in their lineup, Like even, even though they're looking to add more at the deadline. But I, I just don't know why you would. I mean, Stanton and if yeah, Stanton Yeah, I think done, last week, uh, in order to, like, yeah. If they're not. There's, like, five guys. That had funny or not, fu- funny that you asked that. Almost. Actually, it's Boston with 130. <laughs> so it's a 21 home run difference between New York and Boston. Powerhouse. But, but like I said, the difference is Boston gets the runners in without the home runs. I mean, New York still does. Just Boston seems to be better at scoring the runs without the home runs. Yeah. Hopefully they're not as bad as the left on base as the Cubs are. But we'll, we'll get yeah. to the Cubs oh, later yeah. on. But, uh, yeah, what is a three-game gap? They were that one-game gap for the longest time. So – should be interesting coming down the stretch. Well, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, go off to the AL Central. And, uh, guys, the Cleveland Indians continue to play about 500 ball while the rest of the division's going about three out of every ten uh, games. Uh, Cleveland building an eight-game lead over my twins. Uh, problem might be what's going to happen when they have to play Houston or Seattle, which is looking like the AL West winner might be their opponent because whoever escapes the AL East 
is likely to have the best record in baseball, much less the American League. Uh, Cleveland with a 682 winning percentage against its division foes, only 458 against the rest of their schedule outside the division. Uh, what's going on there, guys? Well, I, I, I can, I mean, I have the exact records against each division, so it'll kind of give you an idea. Against the East, they're four and six. Central, 28 and 13. West, 10 and 16. So that basically tells you wow. they're not playing as uh, AL Central team. They're not so hot. If you look, and I mean, I think they're, if you look, they have the worst bullpen ERA in the majors, too. They're sitting at 537 for the relievers. They've blown up Cody Allen. Really? Yeah. I was looking it up. They have 537 ERA in their bullpen. How in the heck are they worse than the Orioles? I don't know. They're number, they're 30th team for bullpen ERA in the league. And they also have 11 blown saves between their bullpen. That blows my mind. Gee whiz. I, I would not have guessed a first-place team having the worst bullpen, which is pretty important. But, know? again, they're only, in my opinion, I mean, we can see they're only in first because they're in the Central. Central's a tire fire. I mean, they're 28 and 13. Take them out of the Central, they're probably dead last. Not dead last, but they're they're not top team. Pretty close. They're yeah. going to be middle-bottom. Yeah, it just makes me wonder um, if they're going to, you know, these teams that are, very strong right now in the in the you know if you look at the the first three teams in the West have a better record than the Indians do you know Houston yeah, yeah you're surprised or you're not surprised but then you got Seattle that's fifty seven thirty five and the Twins you know they got a five forty four win percentage the Mariners have a six twenty and the Oakland Athletics have a five fifty four win percentage. yeah Mar- I mean so, look at the what's Mariners two games better or sorry I mean Oakland. Yeah, Oakland's fifty-one. Oakland's two games better. Fifty-one and forty-one, and then Cleveland's forty-nine, fifty-one. Yeah, so it just makes you wonder, like, unless Cleveland's got some magic, if how much of a chance they stand in the playoffs this year. You know, it's a fun fact that was Amos brought to my attention yesterday too. That I don't think anybody in the world would guess this without looking it up. I'm going to ask. We'll ask. Who do you guys think the only team that's thirty-five and zero and leading after the seventh right now this year? Yeah, I, I caught that one, too. Uh, I thought that would have been a harder question. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought? Do you know him? I do know. Yeah. I do know. Yeah. Yeah, Oakland Days. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who would have thought the Oakland Days, right? It's Oakland, yeah. Oakland right. Days are 35-0 and 0 when leading in the seventh. Or after the seventh, sorry. That's that's insane. You just you could just never predict baseball. No. That's, never that's the greatest game. Yeah, and there, there's really not a lot to say about the rest of the division. Um, I mean, you got—I don't even know what the heck's happened to Kansas City. I mean, they—they they oh, just put uh, Ian Kennedy on the DL uh, today. Yeah. So, you know, there's another pitcher that's hurt. They're not producing. It looks like they're not hitting that well with a negative 186 run differential. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, they moved Jason Hamill to the bullpen. He wasn't doing very well. So, yeah. uh, it just—it's such a a poor division. I mean, it really is. It's. It's. I just. I don't know how to. Explain oh, should. That. Should mention. Speaking of Kansas City, uh, Alcides Escobar, his consecutive games played streak ended at four twenty one this past Sunday. So, uh, do you guys know who the current leader is now? No. Did you catch no. up? That's that's a good question, actually. Um, San Diego San Diego Padres Freddie Galvis. Wow. Two fifty five. I totally forgot about him. So just two thousand three hundred seventy seven more. Get Cal Ripken. <laughs> yeah. You can do it. <laughs> Good luck with him finding a team that'll play him for that many more games. Eat those Wheaties. 
Mm. <laughs> well, let's move on to the AL West. And uh, we were going to talk a little bit about Shohei Otani, uh, but also about the division. Ray, you had some uh, thoughts and some uh, statistical things to go over there. Houston, Seattle. Well, that, what he got? That, that Houston, Seattle race. I mean, that's it's awesome. It's awesome to watch. Mind you, Seattle has fallen back to the four game mark now. It's just Seattle was what nine and one, and then Houston was six and four. I was hoping Seattle would keep doing it because mm-hmm. I'd love to see that go right down to the wire. The, yeah. I think the run differential is the big difference, though. Houston's plus 187, and then Seattle's plus 11. And then, oh, wow. Last time we recorded, the other thing I found, this is, I mean, I don't think he's going to fall off, but it's interesting to me. As of last week when we did the first one, Altuve was 345 average. Yeah. Since then, like up to this part in July, he's 10 for 37. He's hitting 270. So he's kind of fallen wow. off a little bit. I mean, it's early in July, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose you tend to wilt as you get towards the break and everything too, typically. But that's yeah, that's quite a drop. And then I have a fun, another kind of another fun question type thing. Who would you guys think Altuve hits better against, lefties or righties? <laughs> I'm gonna go righties. Yeah, he's got such a, a high average; it's just really hard to say. Uh, almost is right against lefties. Altuve hitting two eighty eight, one home run, fourteen RBI. Against righties, he's hitting three fifty three with eight home runs and thirty RBIs. So it's kind of a I don't I don't understand that he's a right handed. I mean, he Amos made a good. Are they pitching early. more lefties against him? I wonder. That's what I was wondering too. I never really. Looked. Yeah, it's interesting. Amos does make a good point though. I mean, he probably is facing more right handers. Yeah, that's typical, I guess, isn't it? Well, the guy I'm kind of looking at again uh, this week is this uh, Shohei Otani character guys <laughs> yeah uh 0-2 count works a walk against closer kenley jansen steals second base takes third in an errant throw and scores on an rbi single by david fletcher and watches from the dugout as ian kinsler delivers a walk-off base hit to right field beats the dodgers last friday night then two nights ago cranks out the tie breaking an eventual game-winning homer on the seventh angels taking two out of three from the dodgers uh Otani cleared as a hitter only with his elbow sprain, he's waiting to hear what orthopedic doctors at the Curlin Job Clinic in Los Angeles say next week about his timetable to pitch. As we set up the uh, the uh, Angels down the stretch here, I want to hear you guys' thoughts about Otani. What are you seeing in his future? Uh, basically, do you like the hitter only, the pitcher only? Can he come back as both? What are you guys seeing? I mean, for me, it's. He's back. I mean, I was watching the game Sunday, the Angel game. He was hitting. I think he needs to – the fact that they're saying they're going to revisit his arm and revisit the arm issues, I think maybe not not necessarily the rest of his career, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe for the year, keep him as a hitter. I mean, what, he's had two games back and he hits a yeah. home run already on Sunday night. I, I, w- I would shut – personally, if I were the GM, I'd shut him down – or the manager, I'd shut him down as a pitcher for the year. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really tough for me from from my pers- perspective. It's really tough to say what they should do with him because if if he truly thinks hundred percent from every aspect of the game, his trainer, uh, you know, uh, the the manager, the GM, everybody thinks he can go both. I mean, take the risk and do both. But uh, I, I think he needs to be a pitcher more than he does a hitter. Um, they've lost mm-hmm. Shoemaker for pretty much the rest of the year, um, and they put uh, Andrew Haney on the DL. Yeah. Uh, True. And now. 
I think it's- now Richards, I guess, has come up with something too. I registered today. That's correct. I think it's his. Uh, I'm not sure if it's his shoulder or his elbow, but um, it's one of those. I, but I think, I think the Angels need more pitching than they do hitting right now. Um, but you know, it, it, that's what makes it tough because his, you know, in order to pitch well, you need you know good arm strength, and if you're already getting shots in your elbow and yeah. everything else, it's hard for me to sit here and say put him as a pitcher and put him as a pitcher only. You know, I mean, it's it, it's it's really tough to say. I think the Angels are in a very awkward position here because if you don't put him out there as a pitcher, uh, let's just say a pitcher only, people are going to be like, you're still in this race. You could have used Otani to do this, and now we're getting yeah. an extra two losses a week, you know, hypothetically speaking. True, but if yeah. you put him out there and then he gets hurt worse and he's done, then they're going to get on to you for abusing him pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's probably the safer way to use him as a hitter only. But uh, I would I would get to the point where he pitches again. But I, I I you know I agree with almost all. It's like, do they really need his guy that badly to even risk the shoulder? Like even with the swing, yeah. you can you know you can do some more damage sure. to the arm. Do they really need him to hit that much? I I kind of do agree. Maybe just shut him down, rest him. You know, sit him. Revisit the arm, see what the status with the arm is. That's a really good point. He's twenty, what, twenty three years old? Yeah, three, I believe. So, man, you could you could still get a lot of years left of the guy. Uh, no, he just he just turned twenty four, I think. July left 10. a lot of money on the table, uh, as I reported last week, uh, hundred million on the table. That they figure he probably left on the table. So, you know, gear up and, and get going. But yeah, that, it is a tough call either way for me too. Uh, I really agree with what Ray is saying about. Shutting him down as a pitcher for the rest of the year, for sure. Uh, yeah, such an exciting hitter, though. How do you leave that off the table? But, yeah, right. you're going you're gonna to get hurt, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, that's, it's a fascinating story. Probably the third most fascinating thing next to Bryce Harper's swing and the race to the World Series for me. <laughs> Speaking of Bryce Harper's swing, were you guys watching last night's no. game? Did you, did you see, remember, the, the Jessica Mendoza, what she was talking about that yep, we played yep. last night? Boy, did I see that last night. Three straight pitches. Outside corner, strike. Outside corner, strike. Outside corner, stares at Oh, strike wow. Wow. He cannot hit an outside pitch. He struck out four times against the Pirates yesterday. Four times? Yeah, mm-hmm. all on outside pitches. Oh. Everything they struck him out on, off the plate. Two of them were off the plate. Should have been balls we swung out. Ouch. Well, Nationals kind of struggling. They've only won four of their last ten and are five to six games off the pace of the Braves and the Phillies. Uh, I know you guys, uh, like Ray just said, we've had the chance to kind of watch them, and as they've been in the news too, uh, with that uh, big uh, sweep by the Red Sox. What are you guys seeing there? Uh, unless something changes at the deadline, Nationals are done. They're not changing anything. They're not changing yeah. the way they're hitting. Agreed. That's why they lost again today to the Pirates, two to nothing. You know they couldn't get nothing done. Like Rendon's trying, but you're going to need more than Rendon. You know, Trey Turner struck out twice. Harper struck out, I think, twice. Mm-hmm. You know, th- these hitters are not twice adjusting well. And if you're not adjusting to a pitcher that you've seen at least three or four times, then there's something wrong. Yeah, when you got a 19-year-old kid that's probably your best hitter right now, you're you're kind of in trouble. And, I mean, I think it's going to kind of hurt them now that Doolittle's got the pinched nerve in his oh, foot. Right. So it's like, how long, how long is he going to be gone now, too? So 
I mean, what are you going to use Kinsler? I guess Kelvin Herrera is your closer, but well, we'll get more to the the, the trade and rumors got... of them too. Uh, some interesting things going on there, as far as the Nationals are concerned. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad Max Scherzer at least uh, stepped up as a leader for them. Uh, he's kind of being credited with that team meeting and spark behind the scenes that kind of led to that Marlins uh, huge comeback. And yeah, Nationals kind of a a tipsy team. Uh, how about the rest of the division? What are you guys seeing there? Uh, we were talking about the Mets a little bit off here, here too. That's, that's just, that's a tire fire. Man. The fact that they have four of their five starters have an ERA under four. Ouch. But look at, like, look at them. 29th in the league with a 228 average, 28th in run scored with 344. So it's kind of hard for pitchers to win games. Yeah. Come from behind. This team's going nowhere fast. You can't go 16 and 30 at home and no. expect to win. 16 no. and 30. That's, that's, you're not supposed to do that. Is that not, do they not have one of the lowest or one of the worst home records in the NL? If I, remember uh, I right? could, um, the next, yeah, they have yeah. the, yeah, they're the worst home record in the National League. 18 and 23, Colorado is the next quarter. Really? Colorado, huh? But yeah, the the Mets are going nowhere fast, and it's it's once again it's a very difficult decision. You know, I mean, do you hit the rebuild button, or you just take your hits and hopefully everybody stays healthy? Because you got I think they've been trying that for the last what three years, or ever since they uh, yeah. back in 2015, they've been trying to go back. Went to the World Series, tried this unconventional manager hire now, and that's blowing up in their face. You know, jeez, yeah. He's made two botched what manager calls is this uh, Callaway, right? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yeah, Callaway. There you go. Mickey Callaway. You know, it's yeah. I understand mistakes get made, but you know it doesn't make your team look good. Which is, I also think that's part of Washington's problem too, as a manager. They, I mean, I don't understand why you would fire yeah. Dusty Baker and hire Dave Martinez. I, he doesn't see. Does he seem to you guys at all like he's a player's manager at all? He just doesn't seem like he has the team to me. It doesn't seem like they here's, even want to play. Here's for what him. I'll say about Dave Martinez. He used to be the hitting. Um, I think he used to be the hitting coach for uh, the Cubs in their 2016 uh-huh. run. And okay. if there's one thing he knew how to do is that he knew how to talk to slumping hitters. Now, why he's not doing it here, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Because that's not his job, probably. Not, yeah, right. He's got to be But if you if you watch the Washington games. He doesn't even seem to interact with the guys. Right. It, th- okay. That's what surprises me because, like, when he when he was in the dugout with Joe Madden and Chris Bosio at the time and, uh, uh, you know, those other coaches, you know, he was there talking to the coaches saying, like, okay, we need to adjust this. I think Hayward needs to do mm-hmm. more of that. You know, Brian needs to do more of this. You know, he was talking. Right. So maybe so he was because the type- of it's his first year as yeah. a manager, he's a little lost, you know. Yeah, so he was the type that went the one-on-one with the players and the hitting, and then he'd bring back stuff for his other coaches. It sounds like that. That's the best way I can probably describe it. Interesting, um, interesting stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we're going to see some manager manager movement there in the NL East for sure. Uh, again, I didn't have any uh, specific topics for the NL Central this week. Uh, can we look at the standings and uh, maybe Amos can tell us what the hell is going on with the Cubs versus Reds this year? Yeah, so the the Central yeah. division hasn't really changed much. You know, you still got Milwaukee and the Cubs at one two, and then. Uh, you know, St. Louis is just in no man's land in third, you know, five games behind the Cubs, but about, you know, five or six games ahead of the Pirates. 
and then you know you got the Pirates and the Reds who have just been on fire. As Ray, what was that number, Ray? You said earlier they um, how many runs? I think you said how many runs they've scored. Oh, since May eighth, yeah, since May eighth, Cincinnati has scored two hundred ninety <laughs> yeah. runs. So about the you know they swept the Cubs earlier uh, in the year, and mm-hmm. then they were going to beat the Cubs again when they played it regularly, but the Cubs did a comeback. They, they made some kind of heroic comeback, which I didn't get to see. So I don't know exactly what happened. Um, but I do have a possible explanation as to why the Reds are all of a sudden good. Okay. Um, and I think it's because they're hitting course coming together. Um, you know, when Scooter Jeanette hit that four run, he had that four homer game. Uh, I think that turned it around for him. Because he, he gave an interview to, I can't remember if it was uh, ESPN or Sports Illustrated or somebody, about how they said his, his hitting has just changed since then, since that game. You know, what, not- what did he change? And he just merely said, I drop my hands when I hit now. You know, I felt so tense, and now I just relax more. And look at what he's doing. You know, Scooter Jeanette is helping lead this team offensively speaking. And then you got Joey Votto, who's always consistent, hard to strike out. Yeah, like, and then you got uh, Billy Hamilton's reaching base, and he's a great defender. And then you got uh, uh, Eugenio Suarez, and uh, you know this team, this hitting core is coming together. And if their pitching could just catch up with their hitting, this would be a very good team. I'm going to watch this team next year to see what they're going to do. Yeah. Funny story about Joey Votto too. For those listeners, I don't know if they caught it, but. Terry Francona decides to bring the wrong pitcher in to face Joey Votto. That worked. That's right. We forgot to talk about that in the in the AL Central uh, segment. So what exactly happened again? Well, the best part is, is when he came out, waved the left arm. I didn't see what he said. I just saw him wave the left arm. And then, sure enough, the right-handed Dan Otero <laughs> comes out, throws what, one pitch, and Joey Votto hits a yep. three-run double. And then Ball Cleveland game. lost. Costs you the ball game. Oh, man. But that's the thing, man. See, this is a, that's, a, that's a great example of what the Reds are doing. You know, they couldn't capitalize on mistakes like that. I mean, I know you don't see mistakes like that often. No. But, no. I mean, could you say two years ago they would have been able to come back from 4-0 in the ninth to, to, to chase out Cody? God, no. And to have your bullpen stay together, and, and that's probably why Iglesias has got to be kept, yeah. really. No, he. You know what though? I think I think too many people overlook him. He is actually a solid yeah. closer that a lot of teams would like to have. I think it makes you wonder what what the bidding war has, has been or the talk has been. But see, I can't see Cincinnati trading. Right. It's well, we'll get out, we'll get into more uh, tra- trading stuff forward. later. We don't we don't want to get into that too early. Uh, but let's let's finish up with our top other topics here first uh, with the West, and we have Max Muncy and the Dodgers. We we're talking about. Uh, some stats with him. You had some stats uh, on Muncy, Ray? Yeah, he actually, monster June, 289, 10 home run, 16 RBI. And then through the nine games he's played in July, 313, four home run, four RBI. The only downfall I see to Muncy is, for instance, June, 24 game, 21 strikeout. And then July is nine games, eight right. strikeouts. So he's a he's a high strikeout. Some work to do, it, it seems for him, but uh, – for many of the young guys, that's pretty much the case. Uh, well, everyone but the Padres still probably in contention uh, at this point as far as what I'm seeing in the standings there in the NL West, guys. Uh, what else uh, are you seeing there in the NL West heading to the All-Star break here? 
like almost said last week, it's a crapshoot, the division. If somebody was to tell me, oh, predict who's going to win the NL West, I, I said Dodgers last week, but I I got to agree with almost now. It's a crapshoot, man. One, you know, it's like, for instance, Puig just goes down with the oblique straight. So you wonder, is Peterson going to play all the time? Which, if he does, that's another good bat for the Dodgers. I personally would rather Peterson than Puig. Better defense. Uh, um, it's it's really God this division. I I I, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what I said about this division, but this will be the best division to watch when it comes to the deadline, mm-hmm. because the Diamondbacks know they took yeah. advantage of the Dodgers when they were down. Now the Dodgers are coming back. Oh, and don't forget San Francisco just lurking around three and a half right. games back. You right. Know? Colorado's four and they're four getting and their half. pitchers back. Um. It's 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 such a weird division. <laughs> it really is because there's no clear cut winner. There's there's no dominant team, and it's it's no. what part of what makes that division fun to watch. You know, I mean, we we could come back next week and we could say the Giants are leading the division. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just it's just such a tough division, and all of them are playing well. It's like. It's like I almost said last week, trade that. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. And Gal, you know, I'm usually not fascinated with the Dodgers. I was just like, eh, Dodgers, whatever. But now I'm just like, wow, these guys are just had to battle all these injuries, you know, battle all this crap play that they've had. And guys like Muncie and Matt Kemp are just holding them together. I don't get it. Oh, Matt Kemp is, Matt Kemp is resurgent this year, big time. I'll be excited to see him also. Fun stat, though, of those four teams we were just talking about, who do you guys think think has the best home the best home, home record in the West? Or I'm, best well, I'm not record? gonna I'm not gonna answer because yeah. I can see it. So <laughs> without looking, without looking, who do you I'm in, the, in the West? You, you said in the West. <laughs> yeah, anyway, who in do you West. think in the West without looking has the best? Oh my gosh! Uh, well, logic would dictate it'd be Colorado. I guess would be my guess. San Francisco, thirty. Colorado actually has the no worst way, really. Home record, eighteen and twenty-three. San Fran, thirty and seventeen. Thirty and seventeen at AT and T. Wow. But they're nineteen and twenty-nine on the road. Okay. That's the problem. Yeah. Does that say something about management? Or I wonder what that. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. No, I just I just one of those teams. Of, there's always the one team they play better. Well, that's the, that was the Twins in 1991. About <laughs> for sure. But all right, uh, anything else uh, to say uh, before we head into our next segment, guys? No, it's pretty uh, much. All right, well, I'm going to have one more yeah. note. I'm sorry. Uh, this ain't yeah, a discussion point. Um, but I'll say this: if you're watching the races. The AL is going to be determined, except in one division, pretty much. I mean, your your, your playoff teams are set. Yeah. The NL, it's not set. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> point. It's not interesting set point. So you still got at least ten teams that's eligible to make the playoff. But that, see, that's why I love the NL though. All three divisions, mm-hmm. not one of those teams are set right. for the playoffs. It's so close; it could just fluctuate. Every I still like the AL wild card race a little. Whereas, for instance. <laughs> Probably yeah, Mariners, but like yeah. NL, AL Central, everybody knows <laughs> Cleveland. They're, I mean, they're going to win. AL, AL East, we know Boston, New York. AL West, you know Seattle or Houston. And I'm then, not giving up on my team. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then whoever comes yeah. in second place in the yeah. East and West are going to get the wild card spots. Yeah. That's my World Series pick in Minnesota. <laughs> right now. Eight games back, they're coming back, damn it. Yeah, they're just building drama, you know. <laughs> they're just playing the All right in Vegas. Well, that kind of leads us into our next segment. Uh, we're going to talk about this trade deadline that's coming up. It's a very exciting time of uh, year for prognosticators uh, such as ourselves. Uh, first, Let's get the top three buyer teams. So what are you guys seeing as the most needs on pointing out the needs in your analysis? Which three teams are your buyers? Let's go with those. Uh, start with Amos. Oh, man, this this is a tough one for me. There, there's so many teams that need something. Yeah. Um, but in no particular order, I'm going to go with uh, the Cubs, first of all. They, they need starting pitching. Um, they, uh, as I've pointed out before, you know, 40% of your rotation is not even there half the time. And then another 20% is struggling. And then you only have one guy that's good. Uh, you, you know, you need, you need some help in the starting pitching. Um, and you know, it wouldn't hurt to look for a bullpen arm, but, uh, with, with, uh, Edwards coming back and, uh, 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 C-Shack holding the fort down. All right. Morrow's back, you know, they may not need that. Um, but that's that's my first team. The second team, I'm looking at the Diamondbacks. Okay, you got the Dodgers. You know they're going to move. You know they're going to make a move at the deadline, whether it's pitching or hitting. They're going to get somebody. Um, my money's on a pitcher. But I think the D-backs need to look at their infield. I think they need someone to compliment Goldschmidt uh, over there at first base. I mean, Nick Ahmed's good, but if you can improve, then you need to get someone that can improve. Um but I, I think it'll put more pressure on the Dodgers if you go out and land somebody big. Let's say mm, Manny Machado. <laughs> you know, not to point out names or anything, but let's say you know Manny Machado. And then the third team is over in the AL. Um, I, I I was thinking whether I was going to include this team or the Athletics, uh, but I'm going to say the Angels. Uh, that they, they also need starting pitching, as I said earlier. You know, they got two guys on the disabled list. Uh, you know, you don't know what Otani's going to do. Um, if you want to make a comeback, you need some pitching. I think your offense is just fine. You need some pitching. So you have Angels as buyers. I do. I am a little surprised by that, actually. Ray, what do you got? Buyers. This one, I mean, people are going to say they, they don't need to be buyers because they've got a good team. Okay. Yankees, I got as a buyer. Uh, if you look at Greg Bird – I think the fact that Kansas City has been kind of moving Moustakis, playing him at first, I think the Yankees might go after him. If you look at Bird's stats, 207, six home run, 14 RBI, played 37 games, 41 strikeout. I could see the Yankees maybe trying to not play Bird so much, maybe look at Mm -hmm. Moose to play first base. Uh, Washington I have as a buyer. I mean, they're hitting 244 as a team. Uh, They're going to look for some firepower, I think. You got to think where they've been all over the last what, what, four years. Their their GM's not happy, and I say the Ooh. Dodgers. Maybe maybe for Manny Machado, yeah. get rid of Chris Taylor. Not get rid of, but kind of the big buy that you're seeing there that kind of puts them in in the lead for you. I think that's the most likely to happen okay. is Manny Machado to the Dodgers. Maybe to take Chris Taylor uh-huh. at a shortstop. So then you'd have Turner, Machado, Muncy, and Bellinger in the infield. It's a good intro. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know so much about the the Dodgers. Their general manager seems to be kind of a, a stinge guy when it comes to giving up guys. So I mean, the Machado thing. The main That's thing, the thing, yeah. though. Machado's Machado's going to cost a lot. We're going to need your lot. future. 
<laughs> well, uh, my top three, I got uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, can they get a quality shortstop to replace Scott Kingery? Maybe a bona fide closer to bolster the bullpen. Uh, but maybe another quality starter to supplant injuries that they've had in the rotation. Uh, my number two would be the Atlanta Braves and uh, pitching. I think they might be okay to stand pat with Fulte, Newcomb, Tehran, McCarthy, and Sanchez, but the bullpen needs some help. Uh, Felipe Vasquez, we were talking about him off the air earlier. I didn't, I didn't know that guy had a fastball mm-hmm. like that. That's crazy. Uh, Zach, Zach Britton yeah, in Baltimore pretty... uh, coming to my mind. And then I got Zach Duke of my twins maybe to give him a quality lefty. See, the Brit- the Britain thing, I could I could see more Houston. Because who does Houston okay. have as a closer right now? You got Britain, Houston. Do you have Britain anywhere, that, uh, Amos? I, um, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't really thought about a location for him. But if I have to throw a name out there, um, or a team, I should say, I think uh, I think uh, you got to go with them if you're the Braves. I mean, you, you, you need to try to get them if you can. You got some prospects that you can give, uh, and you're in the running. And if you can just help the back of that bullpen, I don't think, you know, Vizcaino to me is more of a setup guy than a closer. So if you put Vizcaino in eighth yeah. and then uh, you got Sam Freeman, the lefty that come in the seventh, and then you got Vizcaino, then you could have Britain. Uh, yeah, wow. That's yeah. that's a long shot, but, I mean, you, you just never know. You know, we've been surprised before. It's just, again, he's going to be a, uh, a lot. He's going to cost oh, yeah. a lot of prospects. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I mean, he's come off the injury and everything. Who knows, you know, how that's affected things. But still, yeah, he's looking pretty decent again or starting to warm up at least. Uh, just to finish my thought on uh, the Braves, people talk about getting Machado, uh, Mustakas, Donaldson, I don't know. But, you know, the three-headed monster of Camargo, Flaherty, and Culberson seem to be getting the job done in Atlanta. So I think they should stand pat there. But anyway, my top buyer for you will be the Milwaukee Brewers. That owner over here, I've been hearing this guy is willing to shell out the dough. If they add just one quality starter to the rotation, plus a second baseman of maybe Brian Dozier, that's essential for Beertown over the Cubs and Cardinals, guys. I heard the Dodgers were looking at Dozier too, though. You said it earlier, but I don't know. I'm still hoping they'll keep him and pay him the money now that they've going to get rid of Maurer's money, thank God, finally. (laughs) Give it to Dozier now. It's like David Wright, except he's actually on the field. What do you mean? David Wright has a lifetime subscription. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, His career stats are cortisone. (laughs) Bring on the injections, David Wright. Okay, switching to uh, top three sellers. Uh, I've got number three is my twins. Uh, I'd say the sky is just about the limit for a team uh, with the contract years with Joe Maurer. Uh, he won't get traded, but they're going to get rid of that contract, so they're going to be able to to afford to, to bring up some free agents next year. Uh, Lance Lynn, we mentioned Dozier. I mentioned Zach Duke. Uh, probably Irvin Santana is going to go. Uh, there's a $14 million option on Santana next year. Yeah, bye-bye. Uh, you can buy him out for a million. So anyway, uh, Twins number three. Number two, Kansas City Royals. Uh, you are mentioning Mustakas. There's probably going to be, I think, a more valuable name than Machado at this point, in my opinion, but we'll see. Uh, some of the bullpen Herrera included might be a pretty big fire sale. Uh, and then number one, I think, for sellers, is easily the Baltimore Orioles with Machado, Britain, and a <laughs> lot of bullpen guys that will be gone in the next few weeks. Uh, Amos will let you go a second again. 
Okay. Uh, well, I've got um, number three. You got the Mets. If they decide to rebuild, uh, this will be a good year to do so. Uh, you know, things are not working out. You're not gaining ground. You're actually losing ground. Um, so you might as well sell while the fire is hot. Uh, you know, let's just restart. You know, you're not going to touch. The Phillies and Braves are moving now. The Nationals are good. Um, and, and, you know, the Marlins are behind you, so to speak. So, I mean, you might as well get the early jump and just be bad for another year or so. But you're going to have some great prospects if you decide to trade Syndergaard and uh, DeGrom. Um, since you said you're twins, I'm not going to overlap and say you're twins. I'm going to go with a different team. I'm going to say the Texas Rangers. Uh, let, let's say they decide to get rid of Cole Hamels. Let's say they do get rid of Elvis Andrus or Adrian Beltre. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, they could get a pretty good haul for those guys. You know, veteran leadership uh, like that could be used on a team like the Phillies uh, or huh. uh, maybe even the Braves. I mean, you just never know. But uh, I think Texas has got some goods there that they could pass on. And uh, number one is uh, definitely the Orioles. Uh, I mean, there's – there's nowhere to go. You can't go any farther down than what the Orioles have gone. So you might as well sell your hot assets. Kansas City. Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very true. That's very true. Um, but um, <laughs> at least at least Kansas City has pitching a little bit. Yes. Um, but I just uh, – I think Baltimore is – they're already in the middle of punching the reset button. So you might as well go all in now and uh, get rid of your assets because you know Machado's not coming back. You know and uh, Andrew Jones probably ain't coming back. Um, the, the, who knows what's going to happen to this team, but you yeah, that's what I mean. guys and get something good for them where you can. No, Sorry you're to cut you off almost. Uh, I'm see, that's what I'm interested. Like we know Machado, Britton are gone. Would Andrew Jones, uh-huh. are they going to think of keeping him or uh-huh. fire him off too? I mean, Chris Davis got that yeah. huge contract, but that's another one. It's like, do they want him long term? If they're going to redo everything, rebuild. Yeah, by the way, guys, crazy stat for you. You know how bad Chris Davis' average is, right? Abysmal. Yeah, it's one to hundred, you know? Oh, God. I didn't think it was that bad. But more but more on these these uh, crazy batting averages later. I got a couple more things for you guys. Uh, we want to hear Ray's top sellers. Uh, we got some of those teams. The other teams? Okay, no, no particular yep. order. I have no particular order. Uh, the okay. Mets, because we know, like, J- Jake DeGrom, I will almost hunt. I guarantee you he's not there come August 1st. He's not happy. The fact that the what, – what's his record? Five and four with a – Below four. Yeah. Yeah. This up. <laughs> yeah, five and four with a wow. 179 ERA. No way he's happy in New York. How I think that he's poor not, man. I don't that know team. if you guys saw what – I don't know if you guys saw what the SNY, which is like the Mets broadcasting, did. I thought this proposal they made was insane. They were saying to trade the ground to the Yankees for Miguel Andahar, Justice Sheffield, Chance Adams, and Cliff Frazier. There's no, no way the Yankees do that. No, way. no chance. Uh, I think the Jays are actually going to be a big, big sellers. If you look, for instance, Vlad Jr., when he comes back, they're planning to move him to AAA already. So I think he's kind of on the fast track to the show now. The Jays have five guys that five. are okay. next year. Morales, See, I was not aware of those five. Morales, Anderson. There's a lot. Because we we're gonna like Morales, Anderson, Loop, Clippard, Axford. Those guys are all mm-hmm. contracts done. So and Hap, Hap I don't oh yeah, Hap as well. Sorry. Hap will be gone for sure. 
Guys like Clippard, Axford, I just don't know if anybody wants them, if they'll take them. Loop, maybe. He's younger. He's only 30. Is he a, le- is he a lefty? And number one. Yeah. Yeah, he's lefty. Tap is a left. And then I said number one, obviously, Baltimore. They're just – they're competing with Kansas City for last place. I think, I think we're <laughs> unanimous. Baltimore, we might as well just build Miami number two probably, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's another one, Miami. Well, if Miami had anybody to give, right? Maybe they would uh, have another fire sale. Don't they have? Don't they have? D- no, he's, yeah, still or he's D- gone. Go? Yeah, he's yeah. gone. Okay, I've, they uh, still got like Starling Castro, JT Real Muto, uh, Kyle Bearclaw. So they got Lewis Brinson. He's hitting a buck eighty-six. <laughs> oh my gosh, they got him from the oh, the uh, Brewers. Yeah, the Yellow yeah. Street. That's a shame. Brinson looked really good. In, in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. They had quite, quite a stacked outfield. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot to add on the Jays, too. And then Estrada and Donaldson are also free agents. So I don't think Donaldson's going anywhere. You don't think he's going anywhere just because of the contract? Or? No. Just just the just because okay. of the injuries. He's still like, like I said last week, another two weeks. Another out two weeks. He's still hurt for Estrada. Yeah, his leg. They said another his setback oh my gosh. as of last week. I think somebody will take a Shrata, too. I think that's another guy they'll trade. Well, guys, the reason I'm not listing the Boston Red Sox in my top three buyers is the fact because of luxury tax, they're paying an additional 20% on every dollar north of $197 million. Actually, in the second phase of the penalty structure, which means that they're paying another 12% on every dollar north of $217 million. And if they go any additional increase past $237 million, that would be a 42.5% tax on all overages. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, maybe. Speaking of Henry no trade. We'll eat the money. But, you know, third penalty phase, exceeding $237 million, you're docked 10 points in the first round or spots in the first round of the next draft. See, that's why all the, the – everybody's talking, you know, Yankees want Machado. Right. But are they really going to get him? No. Number one. Look at their payroll. He's sixteen million. Number two, what are you going to do? Put Didi Gregorius at third. Machado already said he's not going yeah. back to third base. So what are you going to do? You can't move. What are you going to do? You going to trade Gregorius too then? Because mm-hmm. Gregorius isn't going to play third. So that's why I think Machado to the Yankees is a pipe dream from the Yankee fan. Yeah, not going to happen. They can't. They can't afford him, and they have nowhere to put him because he's not playing third. He said. And if the the Yankees are going to be a top three buyer, they got to. Let go of some of these prospect guys, and I don't think they're they're willing to do that. Yeah, no, they're not going to get. I mean, Clint Frazier probably because they have a backloaded right. outfield, but Justice Sheffield, they've basically said they're not moving him at all, and that's what it would probably take to get a guy like Machado is him. Amos, are you seeing anything else in the trade market uh, that you had in mind? Uh, when it comes to p- specific names, you know, you got your usual suspects, you know, J.A. Happ, Manny Machado, uh, Brad Hand for the Padres. Um, but one that I saw today, uh, th- this is the one that that's probably has the least chance of happening. But uh, I heard that the Rays GM was talking about Blake Snell on the on the trade. Uh, and, uh, I, I, you know, I immediately I, laughed when I saw that. I was like, you've got to be kidding. Good me. option. I was like, you That'd be a yeah, terrible like, How would they? Know. How would somebody get him? Yeah, if, if they're dumb. <laughs> I just don't understand why you would. I mean, he's probably just listening for offers, but no. it just I don't even understand because you'd have a very good, at least a decent rotation, 
uh-huh. you know, with just Archer and Snail. I mean, you you got the building blocks. You got something to keep building around. But um, yeah, that uh, it, it's it's this trade deadline is going to be fun. Uh, you know, who knows? Who knows if Rysel and Glacius goes anywhere? Uh, I know that these teams will need a closer. Some teams will need a closer. Uh, you know, Britain, obviously, he's going to go. I mean, it, it, I'll be surprised if he doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm going to think about that Astros prediction. No, I'll be, I'll be amazed. I really like that. Amazing. That well, they don't, they don't have the bona fide yeah. closer on Houston, right? And I mean, if you think about the World Series, what was the one mm-hmm. thing that they were weak? Their one weak yeah. spot was their bullpen. If they want to repeat, Britain's a pretty good piece if you want to repeat again. <laughs> yeah. he. W- I'm sure he would love to pitch for a, a potential back-to-back World Series title. Oh, yeah. 100%. All right. Well, that, that leads us into our final uh, topic of discussion on this podcast, and that's the All-Star <laughs> Game coming up here. Uh, we got a bunch of guys in for the first time, uh, guys that uh, aren't going to get snubbed out or were snubbed out. Uh, let's, uh, start, see what you, you got uh, there, Ray. Yeah, uh, I think, I mean, maybe it's cause I'm biased and, you know, he's one of my, my home and native land guys. I think James Paxton should have got okay. the spot, man. The guy's throwing a no hitter, eight and three, three forty nine ERA, 154 strikeout, 33 walk. He should be in Bryce Harper is only there because <laughs> his name is Bryce. Harper. No. That guy should not be in the All-Star game. I think a guy like Aguilar should have been there over him. I know Aguilar's first base, Harper's outfield, but I'm pretty sure you could have found another guy to start the outfield that's better than Bryce Harper. That's the only issue I have with the whole, you know, voting thing is people, oh, yeah, it's Bryce Harper. I love his name. I'm going to vote him in when he has no place being there. So look at the stats, right? I mean, Blake Snell is another one I think that's not. Yeah, he's in now, but only because of – Bowers starting on Sunday. Otherwise, he he yeah, wouldn't be there. That was a huge snub to me. Criminal that he didn't make it. No, I mean he did now, but only because right. not an injury, but only because of a replacement. The fact that he wasn't on the original All Star team is what's criminal. Amos, uh, I, I got to go with Ray. James Paxton has been fantastic this year, and he he didn't get picked, and that's that's really a darn shame because. Uh, he, he deserved it. He's probably the only pitcher on the Mariners that deserved it, really, besides their closer. Well, um, yeah, besides Diaz. Diaz but, uh, I mean, starting pitching-wise, he's he's probably one of the only ones that truly deserved it. Um, but uh, you got him. Uh, I'll take the bait on this one. I think Max Muncy should have been in it just for the fact of what he's done. Uh, and I think, yeah, agreed. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think at the beginning of this year he was in the minors. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah he was in AAA. So he's not? come back up as you know, as you think, as just another hitter. But he's the other hitter that's keeping the Dodgers together. Um, but I'm, stats, I'm not too man. disappointed that he didn't make it. But it would have been nice to see him in there. Uh, and the third one that I got, uh, not a power hitter, but he would be fun to watch. Andrelton Simmons for the Angels. <laughs> this guy, you mm-hmm. know, when you watch the All Star mm-hmm. Game, you want to be entertained. You want to see yes. great plays. And I think Andrelton Simmons, sure, he doesn't hit home runs, but he has he's probably one of the best, one of the most underrated shortstops in the game today. He makes great plays, and he looks like he hasn't really lost a step since he came from the Braves to the Angels. 
But uh, I really, you know, maybe as a reserve, but I would have really liked to have seen Simmons in. That's a good one. Really good one. Uh, Chris, I got to go and thank the selection committee for uh, seeing how awesome Jose Barrios is, but I'm still pretty disappointed that Eddie Rosario did not make it for the Twins. Uh, you know, had the voting thing chance, but I knew he wasn't going to going to beat those other guys, and uh, Segura gets the, gets a nod. Good for him. <laughs> uh, other change mm-hmm. I'd make is the uh, Texas Rangers representative. I uh, actually would not have put Sensu Chu in, though the guy is such a good guy. Uh, I would have I'd have Kayla in yeah. it for them instead out of the pen. Yeah, I agree. That confused me why Kalei was Colony Kala wasn't there, but Sensu Chu. I didn't get and that. And the NL, uh, pretty good. I think for their selections for the most part, but maybe I would have put Starling Marte over Vasquez for the pirates, but I saw the outfields already crowded, uh, but I might prefer Marte to Kane because Milwaukee already has Yelich and Kane. Uh, he's Kane has been injured a bit this year. I'm just being picky though for, for that one. <laughs> any, any other exci- excitement that we have home run guys uh, coming in late here, guys. For the home run derby, the yeah. derby guys you're talking Anything about. Excitement about that? That's not announced till ten. I know they confirmed Matt Muncie. I think's in it. I know they were saying Schwarber and Baez right. are also in it too. Hey, you got to assume Bryce Harper's going to be in it because he said he wasn't going to be in it yeah, unless he was in the All Star game. So he's in the All Star game, so he better put his money where his so mouth is. So you better go and uh, swing away at uh, outside uh, high outside pitches. <laughs> Maybe then he won't strike out. And speaking of my snub from earlier, I was saying Aguilar. He got voted in, good. too, so that's good. Good to see. He won he the final it. vote. Yeah. He should have been on the yeah. original. Nothing to, to get friend and belt or any of those guys, but uh, he, he was – Aguilar's been great. Much better. Oh. Yeah. I'm just glad Stanton didn't win the oh, final. I, know, Lord, I figured, too. oh, Stanton. I, I'm glad it was Segura at least and not Stanton or uh, Benintendi, although Benintendi's – Interesting player as well. I would have took anyone yeah, right. to, stand, to be honest. I don't want to see someone strike out four times in a game. <laughs> well, hey, what is it? Wait, funny thing you say, him striking out. Where's the stat that I got? Judge and Stanton, they're tied for third in the league league lead with 124 strikeouts. They're only four back of Jan Moncada with 128. So between those two guys, it's, it's just – we don't want to no. watch them strike out. <laughs> I'm interested in more than just homers. You know, I don't want to see a guy go up there and whiff on three pitches. Exactly. Know? I want to actually see like a, a game, not a home run, another home run. Dirty. No, I want to see defense. That's Monday. But I want to see defense. I want to see stolen bases. I want to see gappers. You know, I want to see close plays. You know, home runs are nice, but you're there for the flash. And it's yeah. just. I don't know. That's that's just, just the window dressing, basically. But, just the window dressing. But see, even even though they beat my Jays to go to the World Series in 2015, that's why it was so exciting to watch mm. Kansas City in the World Series. They didn't win with home runs. They won with base hits, pitching doubles, and defense. triples. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. Uh, I did want to leave a quick couple nuggets, though. Uh, we were talking about those batting averages, guys. Uh, did you know the league batting average for the majors is 247 right now? And that's the lowest it's been since 1972. Oh, yeah. that's the league 247. average. 247. Five of the qualified batters are hitting below 200. I mentioned two of them. Can you guess the other three? 
Chris Davis is one. Yeah. I know you mentioned him. They're, they're hitting under other 200. Three, is that what you said? Hitting under 200. I, I mentioned Lewis Brinson, too, earlier. Uh, oh, man. Um, Jeez. I don't. I don't have a guess. I, don't know. I really don't. I'll, I'll, it, just give, I'll just give no, them to you as we're getting short on time. Uh, Alcides Escobar hitting a buck 99 for the Royals. Yeah. Probably a reason he sat. Wow. <laughs> he had yeah. Lo- Logan Morrison yeah. hitting uh, a buck 93. And then Joey Gallo is hitting a buck eighty nine. What's Gary Sanchez at? I, he's cl- I think he's close, too. but I think he's above two hundred. I think he's like, or, or maybe he's not qualified. I know Bryce Harper. Uh, Sanchez has been hurt earlier this year, yeah. so it might not. Be yeah, I know Bryce Bryce Harper as we speak is sitting at two thirteen, so he's getting near there. Yeah. But anyway, as as we run down, I want to thank you guys again. Uh, wanted to mention too, we got a Facebook page. Amos, uh, get info on that. Yeah, we're 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 making uh, some strides on it to make sure it's finished before we publish it. But uh, it should be up very very soon. Um, you should be able to find us at Facebook.com/slash Hot Takes Corner Podcast. Hot Takes Corner Podcast on Facebook. That we're looking to build that up and give you information on all the different ways you can acquire the podcast, as well and uh, some other stuff. Uh, Trying to rack my brain here. <laughs> the way I had to tell the folks. Oh, shout, shout out to your mom. The shout out. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks. I mom. do got a. Uh, I do got a shout out. I would like to. Uh, yeah. To give also, if I can. Please. Because um, I know he listens, even though he doesn't say he does. Uh, but but shout out to our good Twitch friend Count Shockula for uh, uh, bashing me last week for saying <laughs> I wasn't going hard enough on Bryce Harper. So just for you, Count. Here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to say your real name, but just for you, Count, here's what I'm going to tell you. Bryce Harper is a bum. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm so mm. glad you brought that up. That was the other thing I was trying to think about. We got a new segment next week, guys, so think about it. We're going to mm-hmm. do bum, no bum. Think about guys you want to introduce into that segment next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got, I got, a, I got a few and, ideas. And we'll uh, again thank everyone for listening, and uh, we hope that you join us next week. Any other parting words? Don't forget to hit the like button, hit the subscribe. And we appreciate any kind of feedback. You know, yes. the fact that you take an hour of your time to listen to us ramble. And we we appreciate mm-hmm. anything like suggestions, players you want to know yeah, about, or if you're. A few of the listeners that I've heard, they're like, oh, man, I didn't know what was going on in baseball. Then I listened to the podcast. Now I sort of know. So if you have a question about a team or our thoughts on the team or just anything, you know, feel free to drop and buy it. Yeah. Any question. Yep. Direct the questions to any one of us three. We'll be happy to answer it. <laughs>